We also need to be affectionate, and you can see that with Barack and Michelle as mm -hmm. well. They do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. <laughs> and when they kiss one another, if you notice, they actually look at one another and kiss each other on the lips. And that is so very important because couples really need to feel like they're physically bonded to one another. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you listen to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. <clears throat> I'm Harrison. Yeah. Harrison, now we have a special guest in the studio. It's a return of a special guest, William E. Jones, author of uh, several several amazing books. I think last time we had you on the show, we were talking about uh, Boyd McDonald, yes. Straight to Hell. Yep. And this time you just came out with a new book called I'm Open to Anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a very provocative cover going on there. It's just like a, it's almost, I thought it was like an Academy Award with a boner. Isn't it kind of well? Like in that? a sense, it is. <laughs> it's Saint Sebastian on the Judas Cradle. Saint Sebastian. You know? It is Saint Sebastian, and it's by a Greek sculptor named Takis, and wow. it's from the 1970s. Yeah. And I actually oh, okay. took this photograph when I was 19 years old. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, well, it's a very fitting cover image. Is he on the for Judas the Cradle? He's on a big golden ball, okay. and uh, I think that's just a formal device. Right. I, 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 I don't really think that any kind of specific torture. Well, there are the arrows coming into his torso, but uh, yeah. you, the yep. focus of the tension is not on the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's probably like the least distracting thing there. Uh, people watching on, on YouTube right now can actually see the cover of the book. Yeah. Uh, we will be discussing that in uh, detail, but first, uh, how have you been there, Jones? It's been a while. I've been fine. Mm. I've been busy, and uh, I, was, I, did, I was doing my homework, and I listened to the Michael Jackson interview <laughs> you recently posted, <laughs> which was quite wonderful. Um, Did so you was, agree with the guy that, uh, the defending Michael Jackson? I'm definitely inclined to agree with him. Uh, I, I think actually what's happening is HBO is committing suicide. And mm. uh, they're going to get sued. They are being sued by, by yeah. the Michael Jackson estate. And it may well be mm. a successful suit because what they produced is preposterous. Mm. You know, I mean, evidence-wise, it's kind of hard to argue with that guy. Indeed, by, indeed. By pure evidence. However, I don't know, Michael Jackson. <laughs> also, uh, you never really know. I'm going to eat with the people that were paid off. And One thing that's weird is, like, if, you know, they're like, well, there's some things with the FBI report and whatever. But it's like, if you actually read the FBI report, there's some weird shit in it. Yeah, but he went to trial and he yeah. was exonerated. Oh, yeah. So whether That's it be true. like these, you know, these these kids that lied or whatever, mm. but he was exonerated, so he was and, tried for it. And between the two people who are the main subjects in the film, they brought four suits, and they were all dismissed. They were all dismissed. Yeah. So mm. I wonder. It was you know, pretty clear it was, they were in it for the money. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, the Jacksons are actually producing their own documentary. To show their side of the story. It's coming now out. that is going to be interesting. <laughs> so I'd like to see that. Um, anyway, uh, it's good to have you back on the show. Thank you. Um, the new book just came out, right? It did. Um, uh, 
It's been out for two weeks, I think. April um, 2019. And, and as we we're talking about right before we uh, started recording, it's become a bit of a viral success for you. Yeah. Um, I just got word that the distributor has shipped 700 copies in the first two weeks, oh. which for a small press is a pretty major... Yeah, cool. yeah, it's quite a quite it's, it's big. It's a big deal, and yeah, and I was telling you, my Facebook account has gone insane. Um, for some reason, I I, I I got three friend requests from Ohio, and they looked like guys who might be into fisting. Maybe <laughs> you know? what does a guy who might be into fisting look like? Yeah, he looks like a a, a leather dude. Oh, okay, like you know, a leather a certain dude. age, certain right. demographic. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> they they sent me friend friend requests, and almost immediately after I said yes, I started getting this flood of requests. And hmm. at the peak of the phenomenon, it was like once every ninety seconds I was getting a friend request. So like, not only did they want to be my friend, but all their friends wanted to be my friend. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's definitely like a viral, that's a bit of a viral sensation. There. And I, I don't quite understand it, but I got a lot of propositions. Uh, I saw a fair amount of third world cock. And, um, you know, it, it, one of the things that's fascinating is it, it's an indication of how many people out there in countries where homosexual acts are illegal are really interested in getting together with another yeah, yeah. dude. It sounds like it. If only on cam, somehow making a contact. <laughs> and, you know, and maybe me, I look like some white daddy who's going to take care of them and that's attractive. <laughs> I don't know. But, but it's not strictly that. You know, there are a lot of, a, there are a lot of people in the United States and the UK and the Canada who are also sending me friend requests. But the unexpected thing was that, you know, people in the in the Middle East and in India yeah, and, and places where, you know, you get decapitated for being a homosexual. Yeah. They're right out there. It's like, Oh, here's my cock. <laughs> let's, let's Just get to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that sitcom white daddy from the late eighties. <laughs> it's Paul Reiser's first attempt at a, yeah, a sitcom yeah. before Mad about you. It's great. Yeah. So uh, the, the new novel, uh, yes. I'm Open to Anything, um, it's described as being a perverse and explicit new take on the coming-of-age book, coming-of-age yeah. novel. How autobiographical is this novel? Like, how, Is it like <clears throat> Catcher in the Rye with fisting with you in the main, as the main <laughs> character? <laughs> a lot of duck watching and fisting hey, in the book. That's a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Catcher, Catcher in the, the Rye with, with fisting. fisting. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, we would have made a belly band and put it around the here, you know. Catcher in the Rye with fisting. That's kind of um, what I thought. You know, it's it's not strictly autobiographical. I've I've thus far only written nonfiction. This is my first novel. Oh wow! And um, there's a kind of freedom you get with fiction. <clears throat> you can make things more perfect. For one thing, you know, if you do nonfiction, creative license, yeah, absolutely. You yeah. do nonfiction. You can't really change the end of the story. Whereas in fiction, you can do whatever you want, more or less. <clears throat> but you know, almost everything in the book is based on someone's experience. It may not have been my experience. So are you the narrator? It is a first-person narration. And this is a, you know, ambiguous zone. It's like, who's I? Exactly. It I mean, could be it me. Composite? It could be any number of yeah. people. A number of my friends who read it in manuscript were a little freaked out because... They recognize themselves? Or, or they recognize the tone of my voice. <laughs> And, but you know, I'm not necessarily telling them the truth. I'm ta I'm writing a novel, 
But um, you were know, you I concerned had, about that though? Like someone would read something and be like, "This is clearly something that happened, like an intimate moment between me and you," and then now you're writing about it. Yeah, I went out to lunch with a good friend of mine who is the basis of one of the characters in the book. And he was telling me his stories and we were talking. I was like, oh, my God, I have stolen this guy's entire life. Oh, wow. (laughs) But I have to say the people who are major parts of the book, who are the basis of major characters, I checked with them all first to see if they were cool with that. And so far they are. But, you know, if the book gets more popular, maybe they'll be a little less okay. I don't know. Well, did you change names? Though? Of course. So then, I mean, legally, do they have any standing? Like, if, let's say the book became this massive success and someone's like, well, I'm going to sue you for libel. Like, could they do that because you, but the fact that you used a different name for the character. They, they have changed. They have given me permission to use oh, okay. them in fiction. I've been explicit with them. It's like, this is the novel and you're going to be in it. Yeah. And um, they've all read it. And they like it. Yeah, they do. In, for the most they part. Do. I mean, you know, for one thing, it's a, a subculture that hasn't been represented in fiction. Maybe a bit in French fiction, but in the English language, there are really no fisting novels. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really think of any. No, no. <laughs> I mean, generally when a gay author puts fisting in a book, it's at a remove. It's like, well, that's a, some of us do that, but oh, I'm not into it. They make it very clear <laughs> that they're not into it. Whereas the narrator of this book is quite enthusiastic about fisting. I do recall a scene in Pride and Prejudice that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so oh, no, it's different for girls. Yeah, (laughs) I did a reading at Skylight Books, and some woman who was—I don't know what she was thinking about—but she talked about Maggie Nelson and some scene between women doing fisting. Fisting, and you know, I had to remind her that women have a couple of different holes. That is true. And you have options. With men, there's just one hole you can put that fist in. Yeah. And also, um, I I parted company company with her with the the immortal line, the prostate gland is a game changer. Yeah. I was was wondering about that. That's kind of like the primary purpose. That's why Elizabeth Bennett fisted Mr. Darcy in that book. That's true. That's exactly (laughs) Exactly. the reason. Yeah. So, um, so part of part of the thing about that, I'm open to anything that, that I found really fascinating was the fact that it was, it was also a story of L.A. L.A. Oh, yeah. at a different time, like mm-hmm. L.A. in the 80s. So wh- when did you move out to L.A.? You moved from the Midwest, right? I did, and um, I arrived in 1987. So 87 in uh, Los Angeles. And what brought you out here? Uh, I actually went to grad school here, and I stayed. I didn't have the money to move anywhere else, so, so. I just stayed <laughs> and that's been the case for 30 years or actually more now it's 32 years yeah, 32 years i've been here and um you know the narrator comes out to california because you know it's it's the place you go if you grew up in the midwest and you want to escape but as a gay man why la over san francisco um i don't explain that in the book yeah i was i was curious about that for one thing it was more affordable even wow, even back then, like in the eighties, San Francisco was still ridiculously expensive. Yes, it's always God. been expensive. Yeah, and um, it's not just affordability. There's something about Los Angeles that's kind of mysterious. Um, just San the history. Fr- what what San Francisco has to offer is quite obvious. You can find it very easily. 
Whereas Los Angeles, there's something about it that's not out in the open. It's quite fascinating. I mean, you can spend 10 years learning the city. You can't spend 10 years learning San Francisco. San Francisco is so, so much smaller. And I imagine yeah. the scene itself, too, is much smaller. Whereas L.A. just has, like, I mean, just abundance of scenes. I mean, you could, that's one thing I love about L.A., too, is you can still go find a weird random restaurant that hasn't changed since the 50s, like out in the valley. You're like, wow, I had no idea that this place even existed. I love that stuff. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Another thing, the, I, I dealt with this very, a little bit in my book about Fred Halstead. Halstead plays himself. Um, there's this very strange thing that happened where Hollywood people, entertainment industry people, leather queens, people who are into the occult, they were all crossing paths. Goths, that old scene. They created something. This is really like back in the 60s and 70s. But somebody who is into fisting might actually know Rock Hudson or might be a Satan worshiper or their best friend yeah, would be a Satan sure. worshiper. And there was this interesting combination of stuff that was going on. I think nowhere else in the world was that possible. And I think we still live with a hangover of that. Like, you know, you're fist fucking someone. Oh, by the way, that's the star of that sitcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wasn't saved by the bell. Yeah. yeah. I think his name was screech on that show. Um, but so uh, one interesting thing, too, is you touch on how gentrification has really changed mm -hmm. uh, L.A. So w what do you miss the most from L.A., I guess, in the 80s? Like, like how has gent gentrification really altered life here? Yeah, the book is set between 1988 and 1992, which for me is a really great time. Um, the rents were flat. There was really, it was, it was, stuff was going on, but hardly anybody noticed it. So it was really under the radar and you could really do something perverse and strange and nobody would notice. You write about some crazy, like, I like that one bar with the modern primitives. Oh, and like, yeah. Not only did they had like these insane rituals and things like that. Hey, that, that doesn't go on now. Now that's kind of famous. That's club fuck. Club fuck. Which, you know, it's in, it was in Silver Lake. It was at mm. Sunset Junction. It was in Basco's Disco, which is now the Black Cat. And the Black Cat is named after the first gay bar on that site. The Black Cat was actually a place where they had anti-police demonstrations against, you know, uh, anti-gay policies against harassment, against closing down gay bars. These took place two years before the Stonewall riots. Oh, wow. So wait, what's now that hip restaurant, the Black Cat? Yeah, it's named was... after an original gay club. I had no idea. And, and this, so the Black Cat closed and it became Basco's Disco and it became something called Lubarcito. There was a Lubar and a Lubarcito, uh, which was the small version of it. And, you know... That place was where Club Fuck was held. Club and it was, it was once a month. It was, I can't remember what night it was held on, but it was legendary. It was amazing. It was an incubator for all this talent who later, they, went, they became performance artists. 
Unfortunately, many of them died, but when they were there, they were burning bright. And that's a real place, dude. Well, that's the thing you were saying that, uh, you know, uh, all the bars that you reference in the novel, those were real bars that actually existed. Absolutely. How, um, how many are still in existence right now? Zero. Uh, none of them. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, there, there's a brief mention early on in, of a communist gay bar. And that actually is on the site of um, uh, Akbar oh, at okay. Fountain and Sunset. But uh, no, none of these bars or clubs still exist. They're all gone. But they still have some uh, leather bars in the Sunset Junction area. What, what's that one? Fault Line? Fault Line and uh, Eagle. And were those around back in the day? They were. Uh, they were around and, and possibly under different names in the 70s. Uh, there was a handful of gay bars that were catering to leather dudes in, in, in Silver Lake. Silver Lake was more of a leather neighborhood. West Hollywood was more for twinks and oh, you know, okay. upper class dudes. You know, it's that still kind of like that, though, right? It's a bit is that it? way. But, you know, everything's become so gentrified that Silver Lake is, is mainly for rich people now. Yeah, that is if true. You, if you want to buy your child really fancy athletic shoes, go to Sunset Junction. Yeah, that, that's what I wonder. Do you think LA is a lost cause at this point? I mean, or do you still enjoy living here 32 years later? I'll put it this way. I hate it less than any other city I've been to. That's kind of my attitude about it. Yeah. It's mm. like, uh, there's a lot of things about LA that I just, uh, that I just, I hate. I'm like, why, why am I living here? But then other times I'm like, where else would I go? Like, <laughs> I hear you, brother. I hear you. Know? you. I, I got to tell you, the one thing I miss the most, and this is not just gentrification, this is the change in technology. I miss video stores. The video, yeah, yeah. You it's, know, the, when I first moved here, I got to go to repertory houses, see old movies. I saw new movies at movie theaters. I would go to video stores, and I got to see a whole hell of a lot of movies that way. And now I think it's different. It's more convenient in some ways because you have streaming services. That's also kind of bullshit. Yeah, I think so too. Because, I mean, you it's... know, looking through the selection of tapes that you used to have or DVDs, like, you know, just stumbling upon it's things. The indie, the indie video stores. That's what I miss the most. Yeah. I mean, like there's like Blockbuster and that shit, which kind of sucks. But I mean, that's essentially the same thing as Netflix in a way. Whereas like those indie ones, you can go get just weird art films. And, and, and you know, I, I do, or when I do public readings of, from the text, uh, I generally read the section that's about the narrator working in a video store. Yeah. And I have to explain that there was this company called Blockbuster <laughs> because a lot of people don't remember. <laughs> don't even remember it. Yeah. God. But it dominated everything. And the only way for independent companies to survive was to rent porn. And did, did the video store that you worked at, did they have like that porn section in the back? Did you have to go through the saloon doors? <laughs> well, this, this, <laughs> or like the curtain? Yeah, I mean, this is a very personal thing. The store I worked at was almost all porn. You know, there was a little section at the front which had new releases and art films. And really, at least half the store was gay porn. Wow. And and to me, that was great. You know, they, and there was no door in between them. You had to be 18 just to go in the fucking store. Mm. <laughs> Why well, have new releases then? Like uh, regular they, movies? Well, you know, the, the customers did request them from time to time. From time to time. And, mm. and also, they did like to have things that, uh, like art films and documentaries that 
Blockbuster wouldn't have. So it wasn't purely porn, but porn is where they made all their money. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if there are any video stores left. Like, um, do you know any? Video well, I mean, sex shops have well, things. Sex shops, but, but they're not rental. Places. Yeah, because yeah. like in South Pasadena, there's video tech, but it's um, just barely hanging on. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think it's it's I don't think it has nonprofit status, but like the people who are running it are doing it for love. They're not doing it for profit. Just because it's yeah, it's kind of fun. I, Whereas, I read you know, that- it used to be video stores. Not just I mean I'm not mentioning any names, but it was a major place to do money laundering. It was oh, a cash business. Sense. Yeah, 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 cash business people. And, um, you know, now I think maybe the art market is more of a place where money laundering takes place. Yeah, probably easier. Remember that place X marks the spot? Was it right on the, the it was on Hollywood, right at Western? No. Oh, oh yeah. wait, which was... Pl- it was Bukowski used to write about it. it oh, yeah, like yeah. Really, it was a really gnarly porn store. Mm. And I remember, I think it was gay at a gay section, a straight section, a trans section. It's kind of very all-inclusive. That yeah, place, yeah. first, now it's a pet smart or something. Yes, of course. <laughs> I remember this. Because that's what happens. I mean, it's a little far afield because I, I literally have spent my entire time in Los Angeles in one zip code. I've been in 90027. Wow, wow. Yeah, Which is Los Feliz. That's where I, yeah, that's where Harrison lives. That's where I used to live. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite parts about the book is you wrote about some characters that I recognized. Uh, Goddess Bunny oh, in yeah. particular. So Goddess Bunny... Um, she was a very interesting person, very interesting character. I know we have a video of her. So do you know her well? Like, did you see her? Was she part of the scene? I did not know her well. Um, she was definitely part of the scene and she was unmistakable. Uh, the poor deer had polio when she was very small and had these sort of withered limbs. Yeah. And, uh, which was something that's most pertinent for the book is she couldn't actually wipe her own ass. And that's yeah, that, that story in particular, the narrator yes. helped her, assisted her to go to the bathroom. And it's funny cause I had heard that from people like talk to her or this, you know, introduce yourself, but don't like try to spend too much time with her. Cause she'll ask you to go help her go to the bathroom. Absolutely. Yeah. Which <laughs> I don't know what I would do in that situation. Well, <laughs> <laughs> describe that scene real quick. Um, so it took place at an amazing bar <laughs> called the Blacklight. The Blacklight was on Western Avenue, just north of Santa Monica Boulevard. And it was, uh, I think, the sleaziest gay bar in Los Angeles at a certain point. It changed oh, a bit. A but boy, when I was there, it was the sleaziest gay bar. And the the bartender would have... Next to the uh, next to the cash register, a hammer, and that was the security system. Like if you tried to rob the place, he had a hammer. He would come after you with. <laughs> it was it was down. Wow, that is gnarly. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> the black light was an amazing place because there were no expectations. There was no attitude. Uh, the drinks were cheap. You know, one of the disgusting things that happens in gentrified LA is that they charge a lot of money for drinks. So anybody you want to talk to can't afford the fucking drinks at this place. I paid $14 for a vodka soda the other night. Yeah. Well, vodka. What a jerk off place that could be. So, you know, the drinks were cheap at Blacklight. There were some career alcoholics at the bar. (laughs) And then, then at the tables late at night, there would be transvestite hookers and their clients who were often married Mexican men. Hmm. And there would always be drama 
between them. <laughs> and, and so that's some of the stuff I describe in the book. But, you know, Goddess Bunny, she would often be thrown out of bars for being disruptive, for being just crazy. And did, was she a drunk? Like, did she get very, like, did she get drunk and belligerent? I don't think she needed to be drunk to be belligerent. <laughs> she was just out there. Yeah. So, you know, the, she would get thrown out of a lot of bars. The blacklight would not throw her out. <laughs> and How did she get around? She had a wheelchair, right? She had a wheelchair, yeah. And um, it was, yeah, God, what a character she was. Do you have that video? I'm pl- I've been playing You're the playing video. It. All right, you were playing it, yeah. Check it out. <laughs> I mean, there really isn't anybody. Right, it's kind of like Rachel from Pet Cemetery. <laughs> The sister? I, you know, the sister, the sister, yeah, yeah, that has like scoliosis. A or more attractive than Rachel. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, a friend of mine showed me a porno video starring with Goddess, Goddess Bunny. Bunny. Yeah, oh, wow. And some dude fucks her in the ass, and he pulls out, and there are dingleberries all around his cock. <laughs> and the last line of the video is, "Don't worry, we can cut that out." <laughs> And of course they didn't. So the narrator in this it actually helped in your book. Why is this video b- brought to you by the horror movie Skinwalkers? I don't know. Okay, all right. I can't explain I, that. It is for some reason. Uh, and uh, yeah, brought to you by Skinwalkers. So the narrator in this book helped her go to the bathroom. Yeah. And this is kind of a common occurrence. It actually had to wipe her ass afterwards. Indeed. <laughs> that was the part that was the part that was difficult, you know? <laughs> I mean, imagine trying to have a social life in Los Angeles in this day and age and not being able to wipe your own ass. Yeah. What kind of play are you going to get at a stupid fucking shishi bar that charges $14 a drink? I don't think it would happen. So did you ever have sexual relations with Bunny? No, I do no, not. Okay. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. Um, all right. No, no, and it, you know, be careful because the things that happen in the book are not necessarily my experiences. Yeah, uh, it is fiction. It is fiction. Although, you know, if people want to believe things about me, they can believe things. You know, I, I, I but, understand that that's what an author does sometimes. But the fisting, though, that is yeah. something you have actually experienced, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have a question about that, actually, because I remember I, couldn't, I tried to find the call. I couldn't fucking find it. Um, it was a Twisted Firestarter called at one oh, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, I think gentleman. you requested a song and you got really upset. He requested, yeah, he requested a stink fist by Tool and said that it's about uh, this phenomenon where if you fist someone far enough, you can touch their heart. And it's kind of a, a, a you know, very a, a special experience. After, after he called in and I was like, fuck you, this isn't 1998 K-Rock. I'm not going to play Tool, you <laughs> asshole, was my response. Elitist. But I was, yeah, but I was wondering afterwards, I was like, is that really what that song's about and I was like looking at the lyrics and I was looking online with it is, interviews with that idiot Maynard <laughs> Keenan and no this, it's not what that song is about but I was like hmm I wonder if this is a thing I thought and it was Jones something about like modern it technology like ruining our lives something or something stupid yeah but I'm sure you have but... a character though named Fred in the book that says your intestines are 20 feet long and sometimes your hand can come almost up to the heart and you can feel it beating. Yes. So I was wondering this too. Is that a thing? Now, the Fred you mentioned is Fred Halstead. Oh, okay. He's a historical right. figure. He directed the film L.A. Plays Itself, which I have on my T-shirt. Oh, right there. And um, he was an amazing character in Los Angeles. He died in 1998, or 1989, sorry. 
uh, and and the narrator comes and speaks to him at a at a restaurant. They have an hour together. They have a conversation, and uh, at that point, Fred was hustling, and uh, the narrator has to pay for his time, but he records the conversation. And um, not long afterwards, in the book, Fred dies. He kills himself, uh, and this is all true. This is this is part of his life. So um, actually, those are those are Fred's words from an interview. Uh, he and it, you know, I confess, I have never fisted anyone deeply enough to reach their heart. Uh, is it possible? I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, so there, there are certain thresholds, like you know, getting your full fist inside the rectum is one. That's the first one. Is it a fist or do you have to cup it like a duck? Like it's, you, yeah, it's you, do, a, you do a duck bill a to duck get bill. it inside. Yeah, yeah. But once you're inside, you often have enough room to make a fist. Wow, so you can actually ball up the fist once you get past the sphincter. If, if the bottom is relaxed enough. Hmm. And punch fisting is when you go in and out of the hole oh, with a full oh, fist. Oh, man. Well, how could it, how is that? You have to use a lot of lube for that, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, right, and right. There's, there's something that a lot of people use called um, J-Lube. It was developed for veterinarians. Apparently, it's a Christian company, and they're a little freaked <laughs> out that people are using it in this way. But this veterinary lube is very good for, for doing fisting. Oh, wow. It comes in powdered powder form, and you have to mix it with water. Anyway, um, you see, there are two. Basically, there are two different types of fisting bottoms. There are the ones who like shallow, wide play, and then there are the ones who like depth. And the shallow, wide play is the 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 punch fisting. You know, you you get it inside, you make the fist, and you you in pump it out. in and out wow. with that full fist. <laughs> And for for and there are many people who find that intensely pleasurable, but there's also depth play, and you know, it's I've got very long arms, so it's I'm, it's I'm not the easiest person to do that with because what's the, what's the furthest you've been in, just like arm wise, elbow to the elbow, Gee, wow, man, where does it go? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure myself. <laughs> Are you afraid you're gonna like rupture or something or like whatever? Well, you obviously fear? you obviously cut your nails yeah. before you do this. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you got a lot of lube, but um, there are men who have trained their colons to become almost like a straight pipeline. And I swear, how do you do that? And it's like I I do yeah, not know. It's a mystery. But. This, there are some people for whom there is great, easy access for like half the forearms, like just immediately. Man. And that's, that's, I mean, I got to say, I have only admiration for people who can do that. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So how do you know? But wait, if, wait, wait, listen. Okay, okay. You can go farther. And I've seen pictures. I've never experienced it, nor have I talked to people who've experienced it. Uh, I confess my, my knowledge of fisting is not encyclopedic, but... There are people who can go to the shoulder. To the shoulder? Yep. Oh, man. And, okay, so one of the things you have to negotiate is the bend towards the transverse <laughs> colon. Oh, my. Like, you, you go up the colon, and there's a big hmm. turn, and you got to negotiate that turn. And if you're going to the shoulder, you have to get your arm 
inside the transverse colon. So you have to have some type of knowledge of human anatomy Absolutely. in order to do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's also, it's like driving on the other side of the road if somebody's flipped. Some people are accustomed to fisting in a sling. Other people do it on all fours. Uh, you got to have a budget to have fisting in a sling. You got to have a sling in your, oh, in your you house. Have a sling. Hey, yeah. yeah. And um, it's simply not the way I learned. And, and so, you know, you, on all fours, everything's going in one direction or another direction. And then everything's flipped if the, if if, the bottom if is flipped. So if you're, if you're on your back, everything is. And I, I refer to it as driving in England. It's like, you know, <laughs> you got to be careful making a left turn. I would be worried about if I'm all the way up to my shoulder, I'd be worried about getting it stuck. Like, have you ever had your arm stuck or your, your wrist stuck in there? There are times when the walls of the colon get very tight and very tense. And the only thing you can do is just stay right where you are and wait for peristalsis to bring another wave. Because, you know, food and waste get drawn through the system with contractions, contractions of, the, yeah. of the sphincter muscles that are all over the, the GI tract. So, you know, if you, you find yourself in a tight spot, just stay where you are. And in <laughs> and a minute or pass. two, in a minute or two, everything will relax again and you can get your hand out. Okay. So you're never like, I got to call 911 and, you know, it's a fisting emergency. That's never happened to me. Never, but, yeah. you know, I understand. Okay, here's the thing. The narrator of this book is abstemious in the extreme. I don't know if there's a single instance of the narrator taking a pill or having an alcoholic beverage, like maybe a couple. But the, it's a very straight edge narrator. And this is an important distinction the bottom can be really, you know, like lots of poppers, lots of pot, lots of booze. But the top in the situation has to have his wits about him. Yeah, you can do some damage. I you imagine. can do damage yeah. and you have to be really conscientious in the way that you do this. So um, I, you know, I personally, in my personal life, I, 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 it's not just the narrator, but in my <laughs> personal life, I don't really indulge much. Uh, I'm very sober, and um, this is, I think, the best policy for someone who's a fisting top, because when you get careless, when you start doing things really brutally, that's when someone can get hurt. So what about, like, preparations beforehand? Like, ah, I thought like, we were going to yeah, get to well, this. I'm just wondering, like, are, are you worried that what if the person, like, ate a bunch of Taco Bell or something? Like, do you have to, like, make sure that's out? Like, how, how does that, how do you prepare for a fisting scene? Oh, dude, scene? people don't eat a lot of Taco Bell before they get fisted. <laughs> not, not recommended? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, Words to live by. Yeah. Don't eat Taco Bell prior to fisting. So... Often, I mean, it depends on how deep you go. If you go all the way to the transverse colon up to your shoulder, you may not be able to eat for a whole day before you get fisted. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, that transverse colon area is actually called, its nickname is the Grand Ballroom. <laughs> I've never been to the Grand Ballroom. I, <laughs> I've been to the entrance of the Grand Ballroom. I've kind of waved hello from the entrance. <laughs> But there are ballrooms up to like the, the entrance is the elbow. Yeah, you get to your elbow and you can get to the entrance of the grand ballroom. Oh, 
And yeah, I'm being conscientious yeah. here. Anybody who wants to try this, just, you know, don't say I didn't warn you. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes this show can be educational. I, yeah. That's what I'm going yeah. for, baby. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. going for. So mm-hmm. anyway, if you're going to get really deeply fisted, you should not be eating all 24 hours before oh, wow, you, you get fisted. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if it's the depth play is less extreme, it can maybe be 12 hours. And if it's just shallow play, then, you know, skip the meal before. Oh, okay. So uh, but, you know, it really depends on how deeply you're intending to get fisted. Um, one of the people who's the basis of a character in the book, he has a whole ritual he goes through. And he doesn't eat anything for 12 hours beforehand. Wow. A lot of work to this. Oh, absolutely. Very committed. And then, you know, for breakfast that morning, he can have a banana. And that's about the extent of it. He keeps himself really hydrated. And then for literally an hour before the date, he cleans himself out for an hour in the shower. Like enemas, just everything, just clean the whole whole area. Yeah. And... You know, you do it until what comes out in the toilet is totally clear. Wow. And then everything's gone. And everything's then, out. It's completely Everything's evacuated. gone. Like, you know, there may be a little nugget in there. <laughs> but generally <laughs> That's speaking. collateral damage. You know? yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, everything's gone. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah, so the other thing about uh, human waste inside the colon is it does tend to be a bit grainy. Uh, you want everything to be as smooth as possible. So, you you know, the lube is totally smooth, but there, the, the you know, the waste inside there, it's not necessarily smooth. It could be kind of textured. And hmm. if you chunky, if you are fisting someone and you have something textured that's rubbing up against the wall of their colon, it could really cause significant irritation. Um, and there's a couple of different kinds of blood you look for. If, if your hand comes out pink, don't panic. That's just superficial irritation. So pink, don't panic. Exactly. All right. You see dark red, you have a big problem on your hands. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's when you dark go to red. make this rhyme. Can we make this yeah, rhyme? Yeah, dark somehow? red, better call med. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so with dark red, does that mean like there's actually something ruptured? They're exactly. Bleeding, they're bleeding exactly. Out. Yeah. Ugh, God. Um, if it's it, pink, smile and wink. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do you know? If someone's into fisting, if this is like, is there a, a handkerchief, a code word? Like, how do you know? Do you fist bump? Okay, so um, <laughs> in the tradition, <laughs> you like this. Uh, you're enjoying yourself, aren't you? I am. It's very fun. Harrison's yeah. taking notes. Mm. Now, there's traditional hanky codes, and the hanky codes, you know, the colors and the position in your pocket, it all matters. For fisting, the hanky is red. Oh, it's red. And if you have your red hanky in your back right pocket, that means you want to receive a fist. Oh, and if you okay. have it in your left pocket, that means you want to give a fist. Okay, then you're fisting top if it's on the left. Exactly. But still red hanky. Red hanky. Can you have like multicolored hanky, like a red hanky and a brown hanky and a black hanky? Indeed. But Does that get confusing? Although I would say red and brown are pretty much incompatible because brown is scat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want 
that. And and you, if you want to do something good with fisting, you've got to be as clean as possible. That's true. Both partners should be very clean. You know, you, it's good to wash your hands before you you start a session because. You know, you don't want to infect them with something. Is the heart thing like a sex magic thing? Like if you get to that point, there's some oh. kind of sex magic that's achieved? So it may not actually be the heart, but it okay. might be the aorta. Mm. The Same. aorta comes right. down from the heart yeah. and it does pass by mm. the digestive tract. So I believe what Fred Halstead is referring to is not literally the heart, but it's the aorta, which is a big fat yeah, it's a artery. Valve, yeah. And uh, it's got a lot of blood flow, and you definitely feel a very strong pulse. So you're pushing up against it with your hand. You're grazing it, yeah. You're grazing it. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, you, you learn anatomy. There's the prostate gland. There's the bladder, which causes a different kind of pleasure. Um, and also, it can cause the, the bottom to, to urinate. Um, so that's why a lot of people have rubber sheets. Yeah, I noticed in the book you you wrote like you had like a rubber sheets. But I was thinking, do people use like tarps or rubber sheets or anything to prepare for this? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it can get messy. If you go to the pet store and get puppy pads for for you know pee pee, <laughs> those those will work just fine. There are also incontinence pads that you can use. I just want to do uh, the room you, up like a Dexter kill room, <laughs> just plastic on the walls. And you don't tell the Petco employee what you're buying it for. Uh, no. no. <laughs> if they ask, I yeah. might. Okay, well, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, maybe they size people up and they, they know who they're selling this to. You know, it's like, ah, this is a fist fucker. <laughs> they see the red hanky. They're like, all right, we recommend this, Pat. Well, all right, last question here. Is fisting still a common, as common of a sexual practice now as it was back then, or is it even more common now? Because with porn, people are more, you know, you're automatically desensitized to a lot of a lot of things. So you want more like I noticed that with the straight porn. It's like people are more, more like extreme forms of pornography to get them off. So I don't know if there's any think? baseline of comparison. It would only be anecdotal. Um there is a, a site devoted to ass play called Ass Pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna name my next cat Ass Pig. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm so happy I've made you laugh. <laughs> You know, and there, there are a significant number of men on Aspig. Uh, it's a, a fraction of the number of men who would be on Scruff or Grindr. Uh, it's a very particular demographic, but it is a significant number of people. Um, the, the, you know, we live in Los Angeles and there yeah, are lots and lots of people area. doing this here. But if you live in some more remote place, like Iowa, you go to fisting parties. Wow, fisting parties. There, there are organizations of people who, who fist and get fisted. Wow. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's a community that comes together for, for a party. Hmm. And, uh, like a Tupperware of the Month Club kind of thing. In a sense, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and, and, you know, so for people who, for instance, live in the Midwest, uh, there's one event called CLAW which is in Cleveland, C-L-A-W. And I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but I think it's an amazing name. <laughs> CLAW. Uh, CLAW is an organization. G.I. Joe or something at one point? And I, I think in Chicago, it's the Fisting Mafia. So, you know, there, there are... I like there these are fisting play- gangs that are around yeah. here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know... CLAW. They, 
the people there because they're part of a community that's fairly small mm -hmm. and their their interests are really specialized there's a lot of care in the community it's not the nasty attitude it's not the the completely indifferent attitude of 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 a typical gay bar really like like blacklight or something like it's not like this decadent just sort of devil may care attitude this is more like we're actually nurturing this 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 club this scene yeah and i like both you know yeah. i mean the blacklight was a wonderful place i wouldn't <laughs> denigrate it at all but um but yeah i mean i'm thinking more like a kind of upscale gay bar that you would might so see got in west hollywood, west hollywood. i can't yeah. find what it stands what, for what i'm the, trying to find it what can't was that find gay it. bar that was on Kuenga right at selma <gasps> i the, love that place the spotlight the spotlight yeah that's mm. why when you're saying blacklight i was thinking is that the same spot hmm. no it's a little the confusing and the spotlight is actually a bar that i really miss i loved the spotlight that place was pretty cool and it was open it opened at like 5 a.m or 6 a.m yeah so like there are many nights in la where you're just wasted you're like where should we go? Spotlight's open. So you just and, go hang out at Spotlight. And as with the Blacklight, as with a lot of these really interesting gay bars that used to exist, they didn't turn anyone away. Yeah, but that's the thing. You go there, there'd be like women there, men there, trans people. It was just like, you know, it was a very all-inclusive uh, type yeah. of bar. And I, I think partly it, was, partly it was cheap drinks. That was know? the main reason we went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was back when Hollywood was kind of cool. You know, but, I miss those days. I got to tell you. Yeah, same with mm. me. Well, uh, Jones, this is a fascinating discussion. It's Cleveland discussion. Leather Annual Weekend. Somebody told me on the street. I couldn't fucking find it myself, but uh, Louise here was... Cleveland Leather Annual Weekend? Yeah. So Thank you. Know. Thank you, Louise. Yeah. Well, Jones, uh, thanks for being on the show and talking about your book. I'm open to anything. People buy a copy. Amazon, wherever books are sold. It is now on Amazon. Uh, Amazon UK. The distributor is called SCB, which I think stands for Southern California Books. Uh, and they, they distribute in the United States, Canada, and the UK. Wow. Uh, farther afield, I have known of people who've obtained my books elsewhere, but uh, those are essentially the places you should go. And uh, please, if you have an independent bookstore in your city, request it. Yeah, definitely. I think I've learned more about fisting than I ever thought I would. It was very educational. I'm very happy to be yeah. of service. <laughs> uh, people, this is episode 681 here, Sick and Wrong. We have new stories coming up next. We have some phone calls after that. Jones, I hope you're sticking around for a bit. Yeah, I can It'd do be that. great. Um, but first, uh, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. So the first story we have here has to do with uh, two very intelligent men who uh, shot each other while wearing bulletproof vests. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happened in Rogers, Arkansas. Uh, not surprised this occurred in Arkansas. Uh, two Rogers men reportedly shot each other during a night of drinking while each man tried on a bulletproof vest. Which, you know, doesn't sound like it's beyond the realm of reason i mean you're you're drunk and you're like you got a bulletproof vest let's test this thing out it's supposed to be you know protect you against bullets 
Yeah, it's not like that stupid. But what, did they miss the vest or what happened? Was it a shitty well, vest? Or no, I think the they, it, it hurts. Even right. when you're wearing a vest, it still hurts. It can break your ribs. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, so I think I'm that's kind of what happened. I'm showing a picture of these, these guys. Yeah, yeah, to, these two Very, geniuses. Yeah. Uh, Charles Eugene Ferris, 50 years mm-hmm. old, and Christopher Hicks, which is a great mm-hmm. last name for a guy like that does this type mm-hmm. of thing, uh, 36 years old, were both arrested on Sunday in connection with aggravated assault, okay. class D felony. Um, the sheriff's deputy took an initial report from Ferris at the hospital where he invented a lively story to cover for his friend Hicks. And this is probably my favorite part of the article. Um, I think this guy thinks he, he must have been drunk. Or maybe not, maybe not. But I think he was probably drunk. I think he thinks he's the equalizer. Or like Liam Neeson or something. With a special set of skills. He said he was hired to protect a quote-unquote asset who paid him $200 to follow him into the woods at Hobb State Park. Ferris said the pair went into the woods and met another man around 10 p.m. The man approached Ferris's asset when a gunfight broke out, and he was struck six times. But he also managed to return fire, driving off with the asset. So he protected the what? asset. <laughs> what? So, I think he was telling the cop that he was hired by a mysterious organization to protect a very valuable asset, a living asset. <laughs> and so with his, with his skills, his special set of skills, uh, yeah. he was protecting the asset because he's the professional. Um, yeah. And he was struck six times, but he was wearing a vest, so mm. you know, he didn't die. But he managed to return fire. You know, and protect the asset. Uh, he said the asset drops like off. The guy, it sounds like the guy who attacked Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> like a weird delusion <laughs> that he's like a CIA agent or something. Yeah. Also, this is people in hospitals. They hear everything. <laughs> like, oh, that Coke bottle in my ass? It's because I fell in the it's street. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like, though, this guy's not explaining this to a doctor. He's telling the cops this. Yeah. Oh, he's telling the cops? Yeah, he's telling this. This is his official mm. alibi to the sheriffs of what happened, why he it, you know, has six bullet wounds. Is there a jail term for stupidity? <laughs> well, we're going to see here. It um, sounded like he was just, you know recounting the events that took place in the film uh, The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. More or less, it, it is, sounds yeah. Like it this, it sounds that, like it's so. a, he was basically the bodyguard for the asset. Right. People watch um, too many fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funniest thing about it, it's like, I can understand if he was in like Los Angeles, maybe, or, you know, like New York mm. or New Jersey. This, you know, it could, it sounds mm. plausible that he could be driving around some asset that he needs to protect. Mm. But he's in fucking Rogers, Arkansas. What type of acid is in Rogers, Arkansas that needs, you know, armed protection? He said the acid dropped him off his vehicle before he dumped his weapons. He drove himself to the hospital. However, the gig was up because Ferris's wife arrived at the hospital a short time later, and she just told investigators that her husband and Hicks were drinking on the back porch of their house, shooting at each other <laughs> while wearing a bulletproof vest. You know, if you, if you ask me, I think this is an argument for and against gun control. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, that, that definitely... I wonder if he was upset at his wife for this. Until he blew his cover. But whatever. Um, he later recanted his initial story, saying he made it up to keep his friend from getting in trouble. Uh, yeah, so he's like... I, I, just, I wonder how this went down. Like if his bro... Because he's 50. And his bro's 36. And he's like, dude, we're so fucked. You know, you're in the hospital. We're gonna, he's like, don't worry. 
I got this. I know exactly what I'm going to tell them. They're not even going to think, you know, they're not going to be any Although, suspicious Although, is it illegal, though, if you're both like, hey, whatever, bro, you know? I don't, if, it, if it's consensual? Yeah. I don't think you're allowed to shoot each other. But if there's no bullet wound, you well, know? Well, he said he'd been wearing the vest mm. when he asked his friend to shoot him with a 22 caliber mm. uh, semi-automatic rifle. Mm. The vest stopped the bullet, but it still hurt and left a mark on his chest. Right. So he was upset about it. Mm. He made his friend put on the uh, the vest, and mm. he just unloaded his clip into his friend's back. Mm. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I guess he just suffered bruising from yeah. the gunshots. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, he initially told his wife that he was fine after mm. the shooting, but like a couple hours later, complained about the pain, and she's mm. like, "You need to go to the hospital." So that's why he ended up going there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's is it illegal? Two friends just hanging out, shooting at each other with guns. It's a good question. <laughs> Not a legal Are you scholar. allowed to go shoot guns? You know, if you're inebriated. Yeah, there's not. A, I mean, if, be but if you hit you... somebody, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that might be. That unless, might be unless, you, you know, you're well, fine. But this unless is, you're a vice president. Mm, oh yeah. Well, yeah. then <laughs> if you're a vice yeah. president, then. Uh, yeah. um, so they're both free on $5,000 bonds, but here's the rub. This is the worst part about mm. it. A judge issued a no-contact order between the men. They're in the no-bro zone right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're not, even, they're not even allowed to hang out with each other. Mm. They didn't confiscate the firearms. It's just you two bros aren't allowed to hang out. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> so that's, that's what happened. This yeah. is sounding a little bit like elementary school. <laughs> mm, mm. You two, separate. We got to separate mm. you. But I don't think they... We're not legally allowed to take your Game Boy, but we can make you guys not hang out with each other. Yeah. Um, so in Arkansas, Class D felonies are punishable up to six years in prison and a maximum fine mm. of 10 grand. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, this aggravated assault. So even if you are drunk and you're shooting at your best buddy wearing a bulletproof vest, it's still assault. Hmm. So there you go. You learn something. Yeah, I guess you know. it's the act and not the intent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you'd think maybe we should take their guns away, but then do you really want these people in society? Well, the thing is when you're maybe in Maybe we should give them more guns. Maybe we can prevent <laughs> that. When Just as long the as they don't come room. to my neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't say, oh, I got shot. You just say, you know, hey, I got hit in the stomach, in the chest with a fucking pipe or something, you know? Yeah, but I mean, he's got a bunch of small pipes. Yeah. Like marks all over yeah. what, his uh, what are they gonna broken do? ribs. You know, what are they going to say? But there's still questions like, who's hitting you with a pipe, dude? My dog. Why not just say you like, I don't know, fell out of your car or something or jumped out of your car while it was moving or yeah. fell off your riding lawnmower. Paint Paintballs. Paintballs. Boom. That's what you should have done. That's what you say. Maybe that's what Took these guys should have done anyway. But yeah, paintball. And paintballs can leave a nasty welt. Yes, they can. can paintball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. What do you have here for the second story? Okay, teen claims, they're always claiming stuff, uh, he's boy who mysteriously vanished in 2011 at age six, says he just escaped from two kidnappers. This story is a big one this week. Did you yeah. hear about this one? No, not yet. Mm. Yeah. So, um, uh, Timothy Pitson vanished right after his mother, Amy Fry Pitson, committed suicide. Uh, Amy Fry Pitson. Yeah, and this is this kind of. Is, have you ever seen that documentary, The Imposter? I don't think I've seen that one. That's like this one, but with this like missing American. It's a fucking great documentary. It's like this this kid that vanished in America, teenager I think maybe or something, and then all of a sudden this kid, this like grifter who was very diminutive and young looking, claimed to be him from like Spain. 
Look, and they shipped him back to the States. But he couldn't really... Sp- he kind of looked like the kid, but barely. And he couldn't really speak much English. And they couldn't... The family that, that had... It was pretty clear w- later on that the family who claimed the missing kid had killed the kid. Oh. So they couldn't be like, that's not him. He's dead. I killed him. So they had oh, to be like, wow. yeah, we think he's a kid, I guess. And he lives in our house now. And he's just like... Some weird little Spanish con man, you know. And they have to accept fucking, it. Yeah. Wow. It's, so it's, what, what did that happen? Well, maybe see the document. Yeah, see the document. Yeah, yeah. the imposter. I'm so, going to write yeah. that down. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so if you're going to be a grifter, go after the parents who murder their child. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh-huh. Or the parents who were... Like, maybe... Uh, what, what's that little girl who uh, in England? Madeline McCain. Yeah. You could probably, I'm sure female Don't tell me how that fucking ends. That. If you tell me how that ends, <laughs> I'll throw you through the window. Don't tell me how it ends. How do we know how it ends? All right, all right. All right. <laughs> I didn't kill her. <laughs> now I can't even look at the live feed because somebody's going to tell me. Um, <clears throat> so a teenage boy is claiming to be a missing person who mysteriously vanished in 2011. Could this teen be Timothy Pitson, who at age six disappeared in the midst of tragedy? The boy's mother, Amy Fry Pitson, picked him up at school in Illinois on May 11, 2011, took him to the zoo in a water park, and then killed herself at a hotel, leaving a note in which she said her son was fine, but that no one would ever find him. The suicide was his favorite part. Yeah, because he likes a water park. You walk away with herpes, and you know, that's about it. You know, I thought that was a pretty depressing water park <laughs> for her to want to end it all after yeah. she visits. <laughs> Goes and kills herself in the hotel yeah. room. Well, and I, and I've been to water country in Worcester, Massachusetts, and that's <laughs> that's pretty depressing. But I still didn't want to kill myself. Jesus. Um, did they say what she did with the kid? Well, I don't know. Let's get um, into it here. On Wednesday, a 14-year-old boy came forward to tell authorities he is Timothy. Um, I mean, she probably, she probably killed him if she said no one will ever find him, you know, unless he fucking fell into the fucking wardrobe into Narnia. Yeah, but what they the didn't, fuck else, you know? Yeah, but they didn't find the kid's corpse. No. At the hotel where she committed suicide. Right. I think she sold him. Yeah. Or gave him away to another relative or something. Okay. How old was he at the time? Um, 11? No. Um, he was age six. So he was six, yeah. and that was in uh, 2011. 2011. All right. Mm. So you're looking yeah. at like eight years ago. Mm. So he'd be around 14. Yes, now. I said that. Yeah. So yeah. The, and so this kid that shows up mm. says he's the te- he's the missing teenager. Well, I didn't say that yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, on Wednesday, 14 year old boy came forward to tell authorities he is Timothy. The boy claimed he escaped from two kidnappers in the Cincinnati area and then fled across a bridge into Kentucky. Which is good because, you know, kidnappers also, much like, you know, fairies and witches and the headless horsemen, they can't cross running water. Yeah, yeah, so they can't escape go across, across the bridge. It's a thing. Um, the boy claiming to be Timothy Pitson is actually 23-year-old Brian Michael Reaney. So. <laughs> See, that's the thing, too. It's mm. like, how can a 23-year-old pass themselves off as a 14-year-old? It happens. But they I mean, go to high at- school. It's like they're undercover cops that go to high schools. It's a thing. Like 21 Jump Street. Like 21 Jump Street. It's happened in real life. Do you have a picture of that kid? Yes, I do. I mean, there's a picture of both of them. Fucking retardo. 
Yeah. But then again, I, I think what they, you know, with the, like the, well, the imposter from... We don't uh, have a, you know, we don't have like a new... But he doesn't look 14, for the love of God. But you never you know? know. What if the kid was in harrowing circumstances, like tortured and just, you know, maybe you age he, okay, prematurely. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Um, anyway, that's... Now that unibrow doesn't look like a 14-year-old to me. <laughs> no. No, he looks like a homeless check man, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. Like a homeless slob. Yeah. So uh, no, no, no. on Wednesday, a man sporting bruises and claiming to be 14 year old boy ran up to strangers in Newport, Kentucky for help. He walked up to my car and he went, can you help me? A 911 caller just told dispatchers, according to WCPO in Cincinnati. I just want to get home. Please help me. I asked him, what's going on? He tells me he's been kidnapped and he's been traded through all these people and he just wanted to go home. Hmm. Kind of right. like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. You know? But was when Steve they Martin sold, kidnapped? Yeah, when they sold Steve Martin <laughs> into sex trafficking <laughs> in that film. Don't you recall that whole part? Yeah, it was John Candy. Where he's in bed with John Candy and they're fisting and each other. did he find him at the train station? Uh, <laughs> and he brought him back to the hotel where he got fisted the first time. Yes. Now, how have so, I not seen this movie? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You missed out on oh, like great. Yeah, several decades of uh, popular <laughs> entertainment. You need to. I am, I am so sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least I've got something to look forward to in it's, my old age. No, you yeah. definitely, it's a great holiday mm. movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he said he was uh, Timothy Pitson of Aurora, Illinois, who at age six disappeared in the midst of tragedy. Pitson's mother, Amy Fry Pitson, picked him up at school on May 11th, took him to the zoo in a water park, which is like, who goes to a water park that late in the day? Yeah. I don't know why I'm the water park detective. Yeah, I was about all to say. Sudden. I mean, it's like kids love water parks. <laughs> yeah, but like at like four o'clock, you're gonna go to a water park. I don't know. They're uh, probably open right. till like eight or nine. Oh, know. you know, it's their last day together. She's yeah, clearly yeah. planned her suicide. She was planning to. Commit so it's suicide. gonna be a special. Yeah. You go to day. the water park and then you go to the zoo. I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, why not the roller rink too? Yeah. You know. Mm. Then killed herself at a hotel, leaving a note in which she said her son was fine but insisted that no one would ever find him. Hmm. His family has been trying to track him down ever since. See, that's the worst part. It's like the family's been looking for him for the past eight years, and all of a sudden mm. someone shows up, and it's like, I'm him. And yeah. then, but would you immediately, I would be skeptical. <clears throat> I, would, I mean, just looking at him, I'm like, all right, well, let's answer. you got to answer a series of questions here yeah. for me to make sure that you're actually him. I- I'm also curious, how much homework did this guy have to do to know that he was the missing kid. Well, that's what I'm wondering. It's like a six-year-old case, an eight-year-old case. There's got to be a database or something, you know? You could just look through and be like, aha, I look like this. Because, yeah, I think that's what the weirdo from Spain did. He just found a kid that he kind of looked like. Because he was, like, about to get arrested for a bunch of crazy shit. And it was, like, the thing where it's like, don't take my fingerprints, guys. It's cool. I'm just going to go on this plane to America and live with this weird family in a trailer park. Well, I guess, is that the the game plan? It's like, with this guy, it's like, Mm. I'm going to get a new family Mm. now that's going to take care of me. Mm. You know, I think I'd rather be in a Spanish prison than a trailer park in America. Mm. Well. I bet you would. I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, maybe. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, 
Sadly, Wednesday's events only brought them false hope. Uh, Hours after the man made the claim, the FBI said DNA testing ruled him out as being Pitson. This is like the 1930s. He would have been. He would have just. No, he would have been. Yeah, it's like uh, going to community college by now. Yeah, he would have been a part of the family. Uh, He was actually 23 year old Brian Michael Reaney. Officials explain how it's possible a grown man like Reaney could even attempt to pass as a teenager. One can imagine if you were actually a child who had been abducted since 2011 and subjected to who knows what, if those allegations were true, who knows what kind of condition that person would be in. Which, going to your point before. Yeah, yeah, but I still don't think... Should the U.S. Attorney of Ohio... I still don't think you'd look like a 20-something Slavic man. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some youthful vitality there. This This guy probably ended up getting fucking... Ended up getting like five minutes alone in a room with John Walsh. John Walsh just fucking <laughs> just hit him the in the shit. bread basket just a bunch of times. Him. That's what happened. <laughs> Mind you, this is not coming from me. Yeah. This is coming from D. <laughs> I, I wanted to go one Sunday without talking about John Walsh fisting. Somebody. That is the magic word of the show. Yeah. Fisting. Yeah. yeah. Like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. It's the magic word. Yeah. <laughs> That's when the furniture starts screaming. Screaming, yeah. But that's only because I'm mentally ill. <laughs> so, um, I think it's the voices inside <laughs> yeah. screaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, now that they know who Rini is, officials are asking for anyone who knows where he was before Wednesday to come forward. Today's charge is a reminder that lying to the FBI has consequences. <laughs> really? Yeah. Go ask Roger Stone about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Glassman has said uh, one of actually I stole his glasses yeah, you so actually my, do my, have Roger Stone does he is he wearing yeah. Roger Stone glasses um, yeah I don't wear them often because I do, wait, like, do the Nixon sign I look like Roger Stone <laughs> <laughs> wow. I look like Roger Stone or the bad guy from Rangers of the Lost Ark I think he's one of the guys that kidnapped so. Timothy Pitson why are you accusing me of that I don't know okay. with those glasses alright um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Glassman said that one of the biggest red flags for investigators was Rini's refusal to provide his fingerprints. Oh, no shit. At yeah. Cincinnati Children's Hospital. I love it. He's a, how yeah. old is he? He's at the Children's Hospital. He's 23, and he's like, they're like, well, we're yeah. going to need the fingerprints to try to mm-hmm. figure this out. Nah, I don't think so. No. Who is Rini? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Who is he? He has a history of filling, filing false reports. Authorities told Chicago's blah, 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 blah. Uh, his intention for claiming to be Pitson remains unknown. He was released from prison last month after he was serving time for burglarizing and vandalizing a $400,000 home for sale in Ohio. Yeah, I was reading another article mm. about that. This guy, like, posed as a buyer of this house, mm. got keys to go check it out, and they went on Facebook. It's like, big party at the address. He's like, bring your own drugs. Yeah. And he just had a massive blowout party with all his friends, and everyone just tore the place apart. That's great. And that's why he got it arrested. It was an open house kind of situation? It was an open house that he okay. got keys from the realtor. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> I, I would think twice before giving my keys to some <laughs> yahoo <laughs> mm. and also facebook man. really yeah on yeah. facebook he just posts that he's like bring people your will, own drugs people mm. will do anything on facebook mm. yeah that's what it's all about 
Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought third world cock was a big deal, but no. <laughs> this guy's having a rager. <laughs> Videos on Facebook allegedly showed Rini inside that home during the incident exclaiming, we're going to party, bring your own drugs. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Bruh. He also allegedly... I would has, have gone to that party. Yeah. Yeah. He has a history of writing bad checks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> as do uh, several of my friends. Uh, Rini's younger brother said he has a history of getting into trouble. I'm not surprised. I mean, he's nuts. Jonathan Rini, <laughs> 21. brother. <laughs> told CBS 19 in Cleveland. He's been doing stupid stuff. Not this serious, but he's been doing stupid stuff for as long as I can remember. <laughs> He claims his brother struggles from mental health issues uh, before going to prison, spent a lot of time in juvenile detention. Oh, wow. He's just a grifter. Yeah. He has Asperger's, bipolar disorder, ADHD, the list goes on. So, yeah. Uh, he hasn't seen his brother in four years. They stopped talking after he claimed Brian started using his name when he would get into legal trouble. Once he started right, using I'm my name for things he was doing, I have no compassion for him whatsoever. <laughs> so, it's unclear if Brian Rainey has a lawyer who could speak on his behalf. Charges against him are possible and could come as early as next week. Well, it sounds like the, the Pitson family dodged a bullet there. That's right. You know, think about they would have had like Damien in their house or something. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much. Satan's child. Yeah. God. Hmm. Yeah, what, it's interesting, though. Uh, at least the Pitsons here, you know, they, they're like, well, we're not going to take him on his word. You're going to have to do, like, fingerprinting or a DNA swab or something. But in The Imposter, it's like they couldn't do that, really. Because hmm. they didn't want to reopen the investigation into the death of their child. So they, you're just stuck with this person living with you. Right. That's a good, now that is a good premise for a sitcom. I mean it would have been great like 80s kind of like yeah 80s sitcom it's like yeah. you, have, <laughs> you have this family with a secret with you. Yeah. Yeah. family with a secret uh -huh. because you just murdered your kid mm. yeah hilarity just all over that yeah yeah hijinks anyway uh, people send your story gmail.com. we have a few phone calls to get to 323-522-4032 is that number but first uh, here's a word from Adam and Eve it's butt plug month on adamandeve.com show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom and by something new I mean a butt plug because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, people call Sick and Wrong hotline 323-522-4032. Remember to keep it under three minutes if you want to get it here on the show. Um, the first call, I think, is rather appropriate for the occasion with our guest here. I think uh, Jones will be able to weigh in on this one. Um, this guy had a dream about uh, Harrison and mm. me. So let's okay. about this. Last night I had a dream. It's Martin Luther King. Mm. Oh, it's such a strange dream. <laughs> Harrison was trying to take D to like a glory hole. I don't know why I'm dreaming of Harrison trying to take D to a glory hole. I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be the first to uh, to posit different uh, slash fiction scenarios regarding the characters of the show. 
do you take someone to a glory hole or is there like a bar with glory hole like is there just a glory mm-hmm. hole somewhere in the woods that we go put our dicks in? like how does that work there jones generally it's public restrooms oh that's mm-hmm. where the glory hole is and some intrepid soul brings a large drill to the restroom <laughs> and drills the partition it's like a cartoon drill <laughs> absolutely okay yeah. yeah he opens up his bag and yeah. he says acne drill mm. and he you know he drills a hole in the He's in the partition that. that's good and and that's the beginning and then it gets bigger as people you know they they but carve the hole it gets a bit. bigger and then yeah carves- yeah i've i've seen glory holes that are big enough to get your fist through Wow, it's, so it's like you can tell the age of a tree, you know, how big the rings, the Absolutely. age of glory holes, the diameter. Yeah. And, you know, when they start out, they're a bit of a hazard. They may not be big enough to accommodate everyone's penis. Hmm. Oh. And, and and they make, you know, you risk some splinters. But as they age, uh, they, get they get worn. And they get smooth and worn, yeah. And, and, uh, but there's no way to know there's not like a leper on the other side of the thing, right? Well, for some people, that would be lepers? a good thing. Okay. Do they still have lepers? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say, so. say yes. I would be more concerned about a yeah. leper sticking my dick through the glory hole because then it could come off. Detached. That was a thinker, yeah. I have to yeah. admit. Yeah. I have to admit. But, you know, it... That song, that King Missile song. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Detachable, Detachable penis. penis. Hall. About a leper. Is he dead? Is he dead? Is he still alive, John? I hope Hall? he is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, taking yeah. someone to a glory hole, mm. the, the principle of a glory hole is anonymity. Mm. You do not see the person who's sticking his cock through the hole. And oh, that's part of the fun. The fun. You don't know what's on the other it's side. It's an anonymous mouth or in some cases for the particularly agile, an anonymous butthole. Whoa. Yeah. It's mm. total anonymity. And, and so going hand in hand down the path to the glory hole is not really something that's plausible because you already know each other. And, you know, Mm -hmm. part of the danger, the anonymity, the quickness of it, that's, that's part of the thrill of actually doing something at a glory hole. Well, would you, do you like know where all the glory holes are? Like, is there a circuit of glory holes that your friends like, Oh, have you tried the one over in like the Macy's bathroom? Uh, All gay men are born with telepathy and there is a, there is a constantly updated list that we all transmit to each other. And yeah, we all know where all the glory holes are all the time. Um, it's like Aquaman, to, but with it's like lube. electromagnetic radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be trial and error. You know, it's like, well, see where the glory hole is here, and 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 sometimes there'd be graffiti in bathrooms that would tell you, like the different ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like an internal compass. And but but you know, later when the internet became a thing, uh, there was a, a website called Cruising for Sex, and they would list the active cruising areas in public parks and public restrooms and, and glory holes would be included in that. I'm not sure that website still exists. It doesn't sound legal, but well, it was also questionable. It's something that was really superseded by the apps. Yeah. Uh, like it's probably just kind of superfluous at this point. Cause now you got all these apps that do all this. Like who needs to go to a glory hole when you could just use grinder. Well, there are those who do prefer the anonymity. Yeah, you know, there are people who are so closeted or maybe so perverted, we can hope, that, that you know, the, the glory hole is the thing that thrills them. 
Um, I know sex clubs often have glory holes. Um, you know, if you go to a sex club, which is quite dark, uh, they're, they're often glory holes. And, and some of them actually don't go all the way up to the ceiling, the, the walls. So you actually can kind of see what's going on through the glory hole or over the partition. It's, you know, there are a lot of different designs for these things. Alas, there aren't as many sex clubs, sex clubs as there used to be. Uh, there used to be quite a few of them. And I think in Los Angeles, virtually all of them have closed. But yeah, glory holes. And I, the, I believe the slang term comes from glass blowers. That you would take your tube and put it in the hole of the furnace and draw out some molten glass. And that hole was called the glory hole. Whoa, hmm. I never knew that. Oh, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, it's. Oh, I had no idea. There right. you go. You get me started, baby. I mean, when I want, <laughs> when I want to fuck a leper, I just use the app Leper, L E P R. It's a good way when you want to do it. You know, Leper. It's get a good there. one. Yeah. Yeah. So your mind's in the gutter. <laughs> Listen, have you ever experienced a glory hole? Stick your cock Is this ball. Wilford Brimley? <laughs> <laughs> I've got diabetes in that right thing hole. to do. It's the right thing to do. I'll see the hole and I know what's on the other side. Someone tickling your balls with some feathers. You son of a bitch. <sighs> the other thing I'm confused about is, is uh, if you're atheist, D, I don't know. How, how are you still a Jew? Isn't Jew? How, what does this have Jewish? to do with glory holes? Uh, yeah. So if you're atheist, does that still make you Jewish? <laughs> oh no, I've just had all these. Uh, I just go the atheist glory holes. That's where I go. I don't know. But I bet, I bet Harrison's been to a glory hole before. I don't understand how Wilfred Brimley's Why? mind works. Mm. Just shifting from like atheism into glory holes into Harrison's sex life. Well, guys, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep a sick and roll. Thank you. Wow, the musings of Wilfred Brimley. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> go together yeah. to the glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are there like, uh, you know, he did mention like your dick and your, you don't put your balls in the hole, do you? Hey, if the hole's big enough, you might. You can just stick everything in there. You could. I mean, I actually remember from, uh, what was it called? Uh, Desperate Living, the John Waters film. It's all lesbians and they have glory holes in the restrooms there, but they're for tits. <laughs> they put their tits through it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So the word glory hole can encompass all kinds of different shapes and sizes of holes. It's also not just a homosexual thing. I think uh, like there's porn, hetero porn with girls, you know, and with glory holes. I well, and, these distinctions yeah. mean very little when it's total anonymity. When it's anonymity, yeah, you have no idea what's on the other side. Quote the late Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what is up with the Robin Williams thing? Can you uh, tell me? Three people said you look like Robin Williams in the, uh, in the, the live chat. Wow. Yeah, so. I, I can kind of see it. Mm. You know, he is it. dead. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not a reanimated dead. corpse. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> we buried him in the pet cemetery. He's yeah. back. Mm. Writing about fisting now. No okay. more comedy. Mm. 
Um, all right. Well, thank you there, uh, Wilford Brimley. And uh, <laughs> you think if Robin Williams fisted you, he'd do his Popeye impression? You know, like I was thinking more the the genie from Aladdin. Okay, yeah. Although I got to tell you, from the looks of him and from seeing him in movies. I would suspect he'd be a fisting bottom. You think he'd be a fisting bottom? Hmm. I, I think so, yeah. Hmm. Oh, you're the expert. Yeah. <laughs> are, there any, do, are there any celebrities in the fisting that you know of? Or that you suspect? Uh, celebrities. Like Paul Rudd. <laughs> you, yeah. That guy looks like he's, you yeah. know, I, I, into I, punch fisting. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, your imagination goes a little farther afield than mine. Uh, I have a good read of the personality. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, a person, I mean, for me, I mean, we live in different worlds, obviously. Uh, for me, Amerifist, who's a big black guy who's Amerifist. very famous from porn, he's wow. a fisting top. Was he on American Gladiators? <laughs> He was doing the baton dueling with laser or whatever. Zap. (laughs) I'm just here to tell you, Amerifist to me is a celebrity. And there's a a guy who can take it to the shoulder named Hunger FF. Mm. And he's also, I mean, to me, he's a celebrity. Hunger FF. Compared to that, Paul Rudd is not that interesting to me. Yeah, Somebody uh, in the chat brought up uh, Cruising with Al Pacino. Oh yeah, which yeah. I don't remember if there's a fisting. Yeah, scene in that. you know, is there a fisting scene in there. Yeah. That is a movie made by a bunch of straight dirt balls mm. about gay stuff, and it's got some great disco dancing in it. Mm. But for me, most of the movie is bullshit. Hmm. It's it's a straight dirt ball movie. Hmm. Just about this scene, like this is how weird it is. Yeah, and you know, yeah, it's it's like it. oh, this is lurid and violent and. Uh, lurid and violent oh, I guess but it's just no it's bullshit what did you think of the Blue Oyster Bar in the Police Academy movies I haven't seen the Police Academy oh, movies god man, man. <laughs> yeah. god Jesus Christ I'm really sorry what's the Blue Oyster Bar it was like so mm. it, was that is in this all like the blue police? balls no in mm. the Police Academy movies there'd be a scene where like Steve Gutenberg would be inexplicably naked for some reason and then he'd be like running away from like you know you're trying to find clothes or whatever and then he'd go through a back door and he'd be in this leather bar mm. called the Blue Oyster yeah and it just was, was like a, a recurring, recurring joke <laughs> <laughs> it would it'd just be like a bunch of dudes wearing chaps. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, hey, naked Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. And well, it was like a recurring theme. Sounds like fun. Yeah. He'd <laughs> probably be it. Although I got to say, if it's, it's a leather bar, it's probably not going to be called Blue Oyster. There, there is a pattern to leather bar names. Uh, and, and, you know, many leather bars in the United States are called the Eagle. The Eagle, yeah. Is that like a chain or is yeah, it just there? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, you know... The, the another one here is called uh uh I keep wanting to call it the flat line, but it's not. It's the, the fault uh, line. The fault we were line. talking about that yes, one. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The um, flat line. That's <laughs> a little dark. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And uh and and it wasn't exactly a leather bar, but the darkest leather bar in Los Angeles or darkest bar in Los Angeles was called Cuffs. Cuffs. Which is a, a beautiful, evocative name. <laughs> My brother worked in one in Chicago called Cell Block. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Blue Oyster, I'm not really, yeah. I think they must, the legal department for the production company must have said there, there is no, no leather bar in the United States it's called, called the this. They can't sue us and there will never be a leather bar called the Blue Oyster. <laughs> so that's safe for us to use. We could just use it. Yeah. That being said, I bet you Steve Gutenberg was a fisting bottom. That guy. Yeah, I could see yeah, it. Sure. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. I, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got another call here. Uh, this is a guy who's very upset. Yeah. He's very upset about a couple things, and he's going to air his grievances. It's, uh, grievances. it's a two-part call. So okay. let's play part one. All right. Hey, this is uh, the unidentified guy. You haven't made a fucking name for me yet. I've called in several times, but... You haven't earned it, sir. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like, gotta you gotta play nice to get a name here. Exactly. Mm. Like you know, it's funny because a lot of guys sound like this guy. Mm. You know, we have a yeah, lot of people that call in, and it's kind of yeah. like the, you know the the voices yeah. run together. It's hard for us to differentiate them. But I feel like people who have repeat calls about a certain theme, like Marshall Island Tony, sure, you know. But okay. uh, this has been a sore mm. topic of people. Uh, giving themselves their own uh, sobriquets or I monikers. Mean, I, I'd be happy to call that guy Mister Glory Hole. I, yeah, the, the, I, I, <laughs> I, I, Wilfred Brimley. You know, yeah. that's that's I'd, I'd be, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> um, I'm the guy that. Never mind. Never mind. I'm a new guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Clean slate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This fucking uh, guy is British guy. Called in. And said he has a. Uh, uncircumcised penis and he's saying how you don't how he doesn't know how you can put cocaine in it are you fucking kidding I'm uncircumcised too I have extra skin hanging a little bit of context for uh, Jones mm. some some guy called in or was it a story it was a story it was a story some guy uh, German doctor a German doctor mm -hmm. was putting like pharmacy grade cocaine in his foreskin and having sex with women and a woman actually died from it like she uh, I guess passed out of the wheel or something mm -hmm. and like and died from it so then it became this whole topic of is there enough room in a foreskin to put a bunch of cocaine and how much can you put in so we've had a yeah. few because uh, you and I like we in. don't know really yeah you know, I don't have a foreskin so I would know folks yeah, yeah. same with me yeah. parenthetically Cocaine was originally developed as an analgesic. Hmm. It's it has a numbing quality yes. that that and you know it was it was it was medicine. This is at the time of Freud. Yeah, um, yeah. This is uh, another famous Jew who was probably circumcised too. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, who was that famous surgeon who got it Halsted? I think it was actually Halsted. I think was his name. Oh, oddly enough. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got addicted to cocaine and he like he created a lot of like famous surgical techniques, uh, like pioneered them like in the beginning of the century. What the fuck was that fucker's name? Hmm. <laughs> um, so do you think they Halstead? Yeah. William Stewart Halstead. Huh. I, I, maybe yeah. an ancestor of the pornographer. Yeah, he yeah. got addicted to cocaine, and they're like, oh, because because he, he he got addicted by trying it on himself to use as a as a anesthetic, you know. Yeah, and uh, so he got addicted to shooting it, and then he went to like a rehab, and they're like, we've got this new great drug that's going to help you get off cocaine. It's called heroin. Yeah, <laughs> <And>, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like it. <laughs> Nineteen hundred or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that makes it way better. This is the thing. Mm. If it's an an, an analgesic. There is the potential use for it that it could make you last longer. That's what I was thinking. It makes yeah. you numb. So maybe that was part of the reason he did it. 
That's what I'm thinking. Doctor. But anyway, it, it, there was a lot of uh, discussion and speculation about how much right. cocaine you could put in your foreskin. So this guy sure. is weighing in on that. Dangle on and off the end of my penis. And you know what? The skin doesn't retract. The penis gets bigger. It fills with blood, which makes the fucking skin come back. The skin is only at a certain length. I'm not following this at all. So I think he's he's complaining about mm. his foreskin, saying okay. that the skin doesn't actually re- retract. My foreskin. It's only, a, it's only at a certain retract. length. And I is, can is say, that as, true? well, yeah, I can say some, some as someone with mm. extensive personal experience with male anatomy, uh, everyone is different. I know some people have foreskins that really are quite tight around the head of their penis. Others have lots of skin to play with and really thick skin as well. How 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 far off the penis does the foreskin go out? Like is it like a couple inches? Like you think you could fit well, an eight ball of cocaine in there? There are some people who have foreskins that are small enough that they don't even cover the whole head of the penis. There are other people who have foreskins that really dangle quite a lot. And can hold quite a bit inside there. Um, there's actually a guy named Wilhelm Stöckel, who, who was a video artist in the early 70s in California. He came from Germany. And he, he I think he was a student at CalArts. And he made this amazing video where little characters, that they're like little plastic characters of uh, Disney characters, little statues. Like Donald Duck, Mickey. Yeah, they they came out of something and you didn't know what it was at first and then you looked at it <laughs> and you realized <laughs> these characters are being born out of his foreskin. <laughs> it's a remarkable video. Wow. I saw was it at a the, musical? Or? I saw it at the Getty. <laughs> Is that the Getty? They had a big California video show, and and the big discovery was the foreskin video by Wilhelm Stöckel. So wait, you just saw it coming out, and then the camera panned back, and it was actually his foreskin? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I mean, isn't that... I I think that's kind of beautiful. It's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, it is brilliant. And because he went to CalArts, it's a a school that was founded by the Disney family. Mm. He made it all Disney characters. Mm. All right. Do you have a personal preference when it comes to foreskins? Uh, you mean, do you prefer them or do you do, or do you get annoyed with them? Because I think a lot of women and I've heard from like my, a lot of my British friends say that they're just like freaked out by them. Uh, I, I, I have to say I don't have a tremendous fetish. It's I mean, they're interesting to look at because I don't have one. It's interesting to look at somebody who does have one. But uh, I, I don't have a tremendous investment in. Are there people that that's like a fetish thing? Absolutely. Like never, wow. Yeah. And then, you know, there are people who have a fetish of um, cheese. Of smegma. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Do we, when you say fetish of cheese, are they like consuming it? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How does that even happen? It just like on a cracker? Uh, yeah, toast. <laughs> 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 it's like cheese whiz. Oh, man. Uh, how, where does that come from? I don't uh, even know. The cheese. Yeah, I or, guess. No, I mean no, the, the like, fetish, the origin of that fetish. Is it mm. like you just, you've just been eating your own and then it's like, ah, uh, it's. Boy, if we could answer the question of where fetishes come <laughs> well, from. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be, that that's, would be a six part story. Here. That's, like a, that's a That's a menace. That, that's yeah. a that's lot. A that's a lot yeah. to take on. And, you know, it's mm. something Freud got into. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. I wonder if Freud was into smegma. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I think this caller is yeah. though. He 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 did have a a, a friend. I, what was his name? He 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 was a oh, fleece was his name, mm. and fleece Fro- was Freud had a friend named Fleece. He had a friend named Fleece <laughs> who had a kind of nose <laughs> fetish, and he was a cocaine addict as well. And he was he he thought that they or that somehow the center of human sexuality had something to do with a nose. Which, you know, is a fairly exotic notion. It is yeah, the penis is. of the face. It is the penis so, yeah, of the face. it is the yeah, penis so. of the face, yeah. Mm. Unless you're a rimmer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. FYI. Mm. All right, so let's see what this guy is so, so right. upset about. It's not going to get any fucking longer, okay? The penis fills with blood makes the penis longer. The skin doesn't get any shorter or longer, okay? Now, that's first of all. Now, second of all, this fucking guy, fuck you. You're, you're, you're saying you got extra skin on the end of your dick and you fucking sound like you you don't know shit. I don't remember who he's talking about, to be honest. I don't remember yeah, either, but yeah. whatever. I yeah. think someone so, called in and was talking about his first Okay, skin. yeah, sure. Shut the fuck up. And uh, <laughs> third of all, yes, we do get shit about this all the fucking time. Look, I haven't been laid in little, little over a year. Okay. Better. Almost Better a year man. and a half. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. Look, everyone is circumcised. It's fucking, it, it's sketchy as shit. <laughs> that's Telling the only reason he hasn't been laid. Yeah. It's because everyone's yeah, circumcised and he's uncircumcised. Reason, yeah, yeah I'm this. sure. You know, if he were a gay guy, he would have a whole other world of experience available to him. You know, it's just it's just a question of, yeah, yeah, there'll be some people who are really prissy and uptight, but there'll be a lot of people who will be very interested in servicing that. I imagine there's a lot of women that are into foreskins, too, I'm, I'm assuming. I, I would, I, not yeah. being a woman, I'm not sure. Yeah, By the way, I have a correction. It wasn't Wilhelm Stirkel, it was Wolfgang Stirkel. Wolfgang I, I, I very. I must apologize to the memory of this great video. What artist. was the Thank video God problem? we won't have to print that in our yeah. <laughs> later. You know, it was troubling me, and also the yeah. guy's description of his penis was not that compelling. But you know, <laughs> whatever. All right. The new girl and everything. You're hitting it off. Everything's fucking perfect, and you got to throw that bomb on her. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you it's have a, to throw the bomb on the same on guy that was asking how to kill himself for the other it thing? It sounds like okay, it. Yeah. it was a, it's a penis and it's a bomb. <laughs> but wait, do you have to do that? I can understand if you have herpes and you got to be like, oh, hey, I'm having an outbreak right now. You should probably should go down there. But if you have a foreskin, do you have to like warn the woman? Well, before? I mean, you got to show it at some point or something. Also, this guy, he's is he calling from the Midwest? Uh, who knows? You come to California and you discover that like most of the guys are not circumcised, actually, hmm. unless there's a very specific religious aspect to it. It's a very it's it's a it, it's a cultural thing that varies across countries, across, across regions, across religions. And, um, you know, maybe he's just in a place where most of the men are circumcised and he's yeah, feeling the Bible bad. belt or something mm. something yeah aren't there a lot of intactivists out here in California isn't that Absolutely. like a thing a movement yeah. yeah extra skin on my dick and you know every every chick has a fucking uh, uh, stigmatism about that they have an astigmatism <laughs> I think they have a. I think you've stigma. Oh, about okay, okay. But I, if I they had the stigmatism, it'd be great because they wouldn't be able to see it. See, you know, 
I had it worked out well for everybody. Dude, I had a test at the ophthalmologist recently, and yeah. they were showing me a foreskin. Yeah. And now <laughs> I know like, why. Oh, okay, yeah. but you could actually see it, so yeah. it's good. You know it. I've already heard you fucking guys talk about it. So fuck all you. And I gotta keep this on the three minute shit. Get click. Yeah, we got a part two over here. I'm already so. coming up with a nickname for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you let us? Should we just do the all second right, let's part? Let's hear the second. Yeah. Yo, fags, this is a second go at the fucking unidentified guy. <laughs> I like how he's calling us fags. He just called him with a two minute call about his foreskin. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. All right. Dick. I just want to fucking say that, look, I've been made fun of my entire life. He sounds more sober here than he did in the previous He sounds call. kind of remorseful or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, he probably mm. is a few hours later. Now he has mm. some remorse about the rant mm. for it. And I hope you fucking guys keep making fun of me for it because that's the reason I listen to this fucking podcast. I'm not pitying myself. I'm not fucking mm. feeling bad about myself because fucking, you know, I, I, I look forward to laughing about it because you fucking guys make fun of everyone and it makes me laugh like a fucking little girl. <laughs> okay. Okay there. Yeah. Just something, some kind of, fuck all you. Suck a dick. All right. <laughs> Some uh, parting slightly advice. conflicted there. Yeah. yeah. From uh, world, words failed him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking of a name for this guy, mm. and uh, you know, at first I was going to call him like Angry Foreskin Dude, mm. but uh, you know, what I think it'd be a better name. Mm. Rumpled Foreskin. I like it. Rumpled Foreskin. Like <laughs> yeah. Okay, Rumble Foreskin, you got Rumpel a name foreskin, now. RF. Nothing more to complain about. There yeah. you go, Rumble Foreskin. Mm. Now you can just go get laid because you have a name on a shitty podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because most, I find like, I, you know, I feel like I've heard other people call in about this kind of thing. And normally they're defensive. They're like, it's fine. We don't, you know, uncircumcised people who call on this show, they're like, it's fine. We don't have a problem. It, you know? A lot of Europeans call because you have a lot of uh, yeah. listeners in the UK. They're just like, everybody's got a foreskin. It's not, you're the weird ones, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, is it that big of a deal? If it's that big of a deal, go get it cut off. Yeah. People can get it cut off at whatever age. I heard it's painful. I think it's one of those things like when you get tonsils out. Like, the older you are, the more painful it is. Well, you know, I know... Uh, uh, my dad, my dad was a rabbi, and when uh, you'd have converts and wanted to convert the whole family, mm. if the kid was, uh, you know, intact and he wanted to be Jewish and have bar mitzvah, he had to get chopped, he had to get snipped. Girl, yeah, God damn. I know. So there'd be like Jesus. a twelve-year-old kid Jesus that Christ. had to go. Could you imagine? I'd be mm. like, "Fuck you! I'm mm. an atheist." Mm. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm a Satanist now. But wait, you're a Jewish atheist. <laughs> what is a Jewish yeah. atheist? Yeah. Yeah. What is a Jewish atheist, mm. and how does that? Have what does that have to do with glory holes? Mm. <laughs> yeah, so what happens? Like, is this guy worried that he's going to go to a glory hole? He's going to get rejected because of his foreskin? That was a different guy. Yeah, but I mean, do you think that's a concern okay. here? Okay. With rumpled foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get rejected at the glory hole? No, I don't think that's a concern of his. <laughs> I'm just envisioning a Match.com profile, mm. and his name is Rumpled Foreskin. <laughs> Rumpled foreskin, 30, bitter, yeah. angry podcast. Rant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like the entire like about me section is just like an angry rant about The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> the Captain Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good well, times. there you go, Rumpled yeah. foreskin. I think mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn to live with it or get it removed. Mm. I think you got two options there, you know. <laughs> but do 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 be aware of the world of fetishes. Yep, maybe that's what you should go find someone that likes smegma. 
Like someone, I'm sure there's a woman out there that likes a little bit of cheese on her cracker. Cheese <laughs> and crow. Hey, cracker is a word I haven't used in that context before. People call the cigar hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. We did get an email to uh, cigarpodcast at gmail.com. Very flattering email, if I may say. Uh, Kira, she writes in, Hi, dickheads. My name's Kira. You see this theme going on with yeah. our listeners? There really is a thing Very, about penises, isn't there? Well, just in general, just their flattering terms, the way they refer to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But penises is, is, is a recurring theme on this show. Yeah. Um, hi, dickheads. My name's Kira. I've been listening since I was 13. I'm nearly 21 now. That's that's unsettling. I was going to ring the hotline <laughs> yeah. at last, um, but I'm but I'm from England. I don't know how to ring a U.S. number. You think by the age twenty one, you know how to ring a U.S. number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's the I thing. Don't know. But, hey. um, anyway, I just want to say I find Harrison's voice sexy as fuck. So when that poppy bird rang in a couple months ago, jizzing herself over Harrison, I was quite jealous. Harrison, tell Poppy to fuck off and say something sexy to me, okay? I bet that poppy bitch loves feathers. Go fuck yourself. Also, I nearly threw up when I saw a photo of you two. (laughs) 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 So did I, actually. (laughs) For for our cards on the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell tell Harrison to take those fucking nonce glasses off. I may have a thing for older guys, but I don't want to feel like I'm getting I'm a child getting molested. Have you seen Harrison's yellow glasses? Uh, Kind of looks like something I have, but child molester didn't really cross my mind. Something like Jimmy Savile would wear. That's what you said, (laughs) and that you you planted the idea in people's head because you're you're you know. I think someone else made that remark first on my very life. So that's why these things happen. She does say, I do love you both, though. And D, you're all right. Thanks for being the most consistent thing in my life over the past eight years. Wow. Wow, yeah. That's something. Yeah, so unsettling. Uh, Kira, uh, P.S. Don't read this on Patreon because I'm a student. Although I'm literally the most intelligent person that listens to your show, I'm also poor. So there you go. Mm. Um, so we, you know, I figured I'd oblige her and read out right, here on the well, show. You Thank you, Kira, for those flattering uh, statements. Yeah, always, very flattering. Yeah, it's always nice to know that you, yeah. you, you regurgitated a picture of us. Mm-hmm. The sight of us makes you vomit. That's it's nice. Thank you for that. Um, but at least you don't look like Robin Williams. That's, <laughs> that's true. She might be into that, though. Yeah. And older dudes. Uh, people, best way to support the show is by becoming a sick and wrong patron. Just go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. And uh, you can take advantage of all the bonus features. You do have an extra story, do extra phone calls. Um, this this week, we had a, a Joneses on our Patreon call. So we actually got into a very uh, fascinating discussion about pulleys. Yeah, like right. Pulleys yeah, and police. murder. Yeah. So, uh, and I almost so, quit the show. Yeah, Harrison yeah. almost quit the show. There's a yeah, very emotional uh, news story there yeah. on uh, Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong, sign up. We do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, here we're going to end the show with. Uh, I was trying to think of a good fisting theme song. Uh, maybe I'll let uh, let Jones pick it. I had two options: Loretta Lynn's Fist City, which is good. Oh yeah. Or uh, there's a, a band called Doctor No, which is a punk band with a song called Fist Fuck. I have to go with the latter. They're from Oxnard, aren't they? Yeah, Doctor No. no. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. They are from Oxnard. Yeah. yeah let's go with the latter. Good punk band. All right. So we're going to end the show here with Doctor No's fist fuck jones thanks for being on the show 
And you're welcome. I'm, I'm very happy you've had me a second time. Fascinating. And you're book, welcome back anytime. Again. Yeah, and uh, people yeah. definitely pick up a copy of I'm Open to Anything. Fascinating read. Not only will you learn about fisting, you'll also learn about L.A. and the culture of L.A. Um, you have a lot of experience in there. Very interesting book. Thank you, Jones, for being on the show. People will be back next week with episode 682. Until then, take it sleazy. <laughs> demonstrate homosexual practices to little school children? Well, I, that is a good question. But one of the one of the things they demonstrated was fisting. Fisting. Uh, fisting. Fisting. Uh, fisting. fisting. Hey, I, I, Don, there are probably a lot of viewers out there who don't know what uh, fisting is. And this is one of the reasons I ask that children this, be asked to leave the room. Fisting is when homosexuals ram their fists up each other's rectums. Now, some people are going to say, well, that's awful. Well, you know, if they can do it, then we need to talk about it.